Um, you were just recording stuff all morning. Um, we were recording. We're also, welcome back to the Dirt Talk Studio. Hey, Dirt Talk. Um, we were recording. We're calling it Dirt World 101 now because on the training platform, it's Construction 101. So I didn't want two Construction 101s. Yeah. So I was recording Dirt World 101, which is our internal training program that all new hire onboarding people get to go through. So it's me rambling about the construction industry in its bare bones form for an hour. What do you talk about? So as a, what do we call ourselves? Are we a marketing company? Media agency? What are we doing? Mm, we're just build with. So as a buildwit, mm -hmm. we have a lot of people from non-construction, non-dirt world industries coming in. And they don't know a whole lot about the industry. So I talk a lot about, you know, what is construction? Why is it important? Why is the dirt world important? Yeah. Um, who keeps the lights on around here? Things like that. How to how to act. A big a big thing that I incorporated into this round was how to act on a job site, mm -hmm. how, how to be safe on the job. Yeah. Um you know, PPE, things like that. Just super basic, like really raw stuff to to get people up to speed on some things. Did you tell people to buy themselves a pair of blue jeans? I told them to use Chell's discount code to get <laughs> to get themselves some origin jeans. <laughs> They're expensive. You need a discount code. I want to try a pair, but I don't have that kind of coin to drop on jeans. I don't um see I like they like hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, I'm I'm and I'm also a youth. I like I don't like baggier jeans. Oh, same. And they're they're baggier. Yeah, they're really baggy. Yeah, yeah. I like a little bit more. I do all slim. my shopping at Goodwill. At Goodwill. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I used to have the the mentality that we need to go hire a bunch of people from the industry to do what we're doing, and then somebody like Lori came about and was like, "Well, that's not really possible." So, mm. we've hired. A lot of people from the industry, you, Chell, Sam. Boy, yeah, look how that's going. Um, <clears throat> Jake Pico, there's, uh, uh, Jay. <laughs> Keep hiring people like me and we're going to go under real quick. <laughs> so we have a lot of people from the industry, but we've had to hire a lot of people not from the industry. Right. But we serve the dirt world, so we need to start educating them on the dirt world. Mm -hmm. But the exciting thing is we can if we can effectively educate our people, then we can also educate other people right i think that's um i think that's a big part of like the youtube thing that we're doing now is like we're like a big part of the audience for youtube is people that don't know about the industry mm -hmm. i'm realizing like through comments of like oh i didn't know this or i didn't know that like oh okay this is kind of who we're serving over here and i think that's a lot more effective when it comes to our mission like oh, if we man. were just, there, there's a lot of people creating really compelling content for the industry and that's great. It's like, great. You're from the industry. You understand the industry. Okay, cool. Yeah. Check. We got that. We, we, we've checked that box. But for us to make the dirt world a better place, we need to educate society on the importance of the dirt world. Right. So we have to go outside of, of the industry. Yeah, for sure. It, it's like, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Like it's either elementary, like super basic. This is how a bulldozer works. Or it's like super complicated. There's no in between. Like, how do we, we need to, like, bridge the gap between the two forms of education that are out there right now. And it's, it's tricky. And it's a huge space. It's a big space between those two. Yes. Yeah. And it's, and it's tricky because you have to speak in simple terms, but then 
you have those people is like, of course, uh, of course, that's obvious. I knew that. Like, okay, right. cool. Congratulations. Yeah. You knew that you're mm -hmm. supposed to use this kind of bucket in this application, but a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. And how'd you figure that one out? Someone told you, oh, yeah. huh, imagine that. Mm -hmm. There was a point in time where you didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It takes me like that course. I used to do it live. And for me to explain the dirt world in its entirety. So like the, the different sub industries, like the, the different categories of, of how people get paid, things like that, like residential, commercial government, and then like all the, all the roles. So operator, laborer, project manager, it takes a good hour and a half mm -hmm. to roll through that, like at a fast pace. Well, and you, and even when you get to the end <clears> of it and there's so many questions, like you didn't cover this, this, or this. Yeah. There's so much to cover in such a short period of time. You you kind of just take your knowledge for granted. Like, since you've always been in this world, you just get it. Yeah. Uh, yes. But 100%. someone, uh, a lot of the people we hire have never, ever thought about it other than, like, maybe they got their landscaping redone a few years ago mm -hmm. and the landscapers had a skid steer. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that's cool for two days. And then that's it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like, <sighs> construction. Yeah. It's slowing me down. This sucks. Yeah. Most people don't think about it. Yep. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. One of, I actually said it on the video um, was, I think one of the most interesting thing I notice about people coming to work here at Buildwit is how it changes their perspective on on like life in general. Mm -hmm. Just kind of like opens up their eyes, <clears throat> and they don't even realize it. It's not even an, it's not something they intended on happening when they came to work here, but it's just you know. A lot of people that I talked to were like, yeah, man, I was, you know, I was going down the road the other day and I was looking at excavators and I was like trying to figure out what excavators were what. Yeah. And I think that's really cool that people come into this, you know, initially they might just think it's another job. And then, you know, they're taking a lot of it home with them to learn about things in their personal life, which is pretty neat. Big time. Yeah. They, they kind of fall in love with the industry. And mm -hmm. that's how we go make an industry better is it starts with individuals. It starts with impacting individuals and giving them just one person an appreciation for the industry that, that they didn't have prior. Right. And if we can do that, which we've been able to do within our business, now we need to go scale it. But even my, like my brother will call me and he'll be like, yeah, I was driving, driving home the other day and there was this huge excavator on the side road. It must have, it was like a cat 378. <clears throat> and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's probably a 374. <laughs> But like, yeah, I get what you're saying. That's a that's a big machine. Yeah, and it's I just love their his enthusiasm yeah. for it. He has nothing to do. He's a BMW car salesman. Oh, that yeah yeah but, yeah. But yeah. and he was a truck salesman before that. Yeah, yeah. But but nothing to do with the dirt world, and yet he's excited about it because we're excited about it. Right. And I think that's like a big part of the the reason that people follow us too, like on social media, is they just love the enthusiasm from from us mm -hmm. that we're driving like the whole not just us but like the whole company in general um i think that's pretty neat yeah we love tractors what about it funny enough it's funny you say that because i was trying to i was on camera like explaining the dirt world and i was trying to explain this would be good to talk about in the podcast in like two sentences how would you say that we only serve the dirt world like, why aren't we making videos of pet stores and Walmart and airlines? Why are we? Why are we only in the dirt world? Yeah. And my three my three word uh, answer was because Aaron loves tractors. Mm -hmm. Um, for us four words. 
Math it, is hard. So it's it started with, yes, just my love for the industry. I didn't want to go outside of it, but there's also practical reasons for it. Mm-hmm. It's a very proud world mm-hmm. that speaks a very specific language, and you need to master that language for people to invite you in. And if you go do other things, you're not only speaking to them, you're not special, and they're going to cast you out. They're not going to invite you in. Like, we need to be invited in to go change the industry. Right. So that's part of it. And then it's just going to, I was just talking to Alex, Jocko's laws of combat, prioritize and execute. We just need to prioritize and execute. So let's just prioritize this one industry so that we can become absolute experts at this one field and go dominate here. Right. Um, and it's it's not a niche. Everybody thinks it's this little niche. It's like, well, it's the whole world. It's actually not yeah. that niche, but sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's niche. Yeah. Wink, wink. It's niche because nobody's <clears throat> nobody's vested themselves this heavy into this industry before from our from like our perspective as a as whatever company we are well them saying it's this small niche is them articulating their misunderstanding of how fundamental this world really is right that too yes but it's yeah sure it started from a self-centered in a self-centered way of uh, yeah, I love tractors. I just want to be around tractors. But then it became more strategic, make the dirt world a better place. Oh, okay. So there's a very important strategic reason why we just focus on the dirt world and nothing outside of that. Right. It's kind of what I had in my brain, but I couldn't figure out how to summarize it. Yeah. 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 I don't want to like call anybody specific out, but it is like there's a lot of companies that try to go after like heavy dirt world stuff and try to vest themselves in it. And then they, you know, they'll go make a video of something totally unrelated. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, kind of like, it's almost like they just lose a little bit of credibility, credibility in the end. Yeah. But now, now you're just a, you're just a marketing company at that point. But, but it's but really interesting. The thing, but the thing is you can go create a really valuable, successful marketing business, not focusing on the dirt world, dabbling in it. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Come and dabble. Cool. Go also film supercars. Supercars are sick. Also, film airplanes. Airplanes are sick. It's all sick. And you they're, go just, make... they're just not going to take you as seriously when you roll out a training platform. That's the thing. You're you're by doing that, you're not going to go be able to go impact the entirety of the industry. But that might not be their goal, yeah. right? Yeah. And so our goal, our mission, make the dirt world a better place. That might not be theirs. So sure. they don't have to focus on the dirt world. But to do what we want to do, what we're here to do, what needs to be done, we have to focus on the industry. You know what my mission is? What's what's your mission? Here? My mission is to make Waffle House at that airplane. Is it? <laughs> how, how are you going to do that? Well, first, I'm going to get all the grease off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Uh, I cheated on I went to Cracker Barrel yesterday. I, tre- I cheated on Waffle House. You, you really went to Cracker Barrel? I'm a big Cracker Barrel guy. I, I'll eat at Cracker Barrel when I'm driving through Amarillo uh, at... No, you can go... At, 6:30 p.m. on a Tuesday, and that's all that's there. Nah, people are people. But are I'm not just gonna be like, you know what? I need some dinner. Nah, people. Where are... do you want to go to dinner, honey? Cracker Barrel. Okay. Nah, you're sleeping on Cracker. And barrel. then I get in my car and I drive down to Cracker Barrel. No, the the people are gonna be upset about, <laughs> about this. I only go to Cracker Barrel because it's like, I'm just driving by it on the interstate. All right, it's right there. I'll go hang out in a rocking chair for a moment. Sure. I might stumble through the gift shop. There's some cool stuff in there. Yeah. I am going to play the little peg game. 
I'm going to enjoy my breakfast at 4 p.m. It's an PM experience. Because <laughs> there's all day breakfast. It's an experience. And then I'll leave. Do you want to know something about Cracker Barrel that I've never found in any other establishment? Huh. Every single store is laid out exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Think about it. I don't think that's unique to Cracker Barrel. It's unique to that kind of business with that kind of decor. Sure. You walk in, you know every Cracker Barrel, you know exactly where you got to go. Just imagine being a construction manager for something like Cracker Barrel. Because they'll define the decor and stuff? Well, no, they, they, that's all you do is manage the construction of Cracker Barrels, right? It's the exact same thing everywhere you go. Yeah, easy job. Are they really building that many new Cracker Barrels, though? They're everywhere. I'm sure they are. I wonder how many Cracker Barrels there are. If you're the construction manager for Cracker Barrel, drop us a line. <laughs> Curious to see how your job is and well, how you like it. No, I, I bring that up because I think it came up on my LinkedIn the other day. Why? We're now hiring like positions you might be interested in. Oh, it did. And I, I think I posted that. on social media. It was construction manager yeah. for Cracker Barrel. Oh, full circle. Yeah. You bet I applied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my interview's next Tuesday. That's making me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I've already bought my apron and everything. Oh, no. I'm ready to go. Uh, that's not good. Yeah. Do um, they sell the rocking chairs or are they just there? 110 bucks. They they do sell. <laughs> $110. I think it's like $119. Sorry. Yeah. So, so while you're on your road trip, you can pick up a rocking chair. Yeah. That's something you don't do? We used to. Something I do. I, um, no, you, uh, I go to Bucky's and buy myself a smoker. <laughs> Still haven't been to Bucky's yet. The one in Florence is open, so I might you're, stop in when I'm home next You're time. not. You're not a true gas station aficionado if you've never been to Bucky's. I know enough about Bucky's to understand that that is, that is the way. Like Bucky's is the top dog. I don't need to be there to understand that yet. No, it's it's. You need I, to I need to get there. It. I need, need to get to, there. You need to walk through the doors and experience the overwhelming feeling that is standing in a Bucky's with fucking people everywhere buying oversized drinks going pee in one of the 178 urinals that they have, hitting the beef jerky bar to get their five different best uh, favorite flavors. Yeah, it's a beef jerky bar. You're kidding Of course me. they have a beef jerky bar. That is bar. the most Texas thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And you pick up a brisket huh. sandwich and you get the hell out of there. And um, then you lose track. Oh, fuck. Where did I park my car? Because there's 300 different pumps. The one in, uh, the one between Knoxville and Nashville was supposed to be open the last time it went out there, but they've been working on it for like a year. I just drove by one under construction the other day. Where would you have been? And so they do something clever as well. They put up advertising outside of the Bucky's that's under construction that says Beavers at Work. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're really good at advertising. I like you guys. Aren't they? Was it in Alabama? They're putting one in Alabama too. I think it was, it was while I was driving from here to Starkville. Oh. So it was somewhere in Alabama. Hmm. Yeah, I got to get there. I don't think it would be in Mississippi. I'll There's f- not much in Mississippi. No. I'll find one. I got I to gotta get to I might just take a road trip to South Carolina just to get to one. Because that's, clo- that's the closest one to me now is South Carolina. Oh, my word. That's literally the closest one. Really? Yeah. But it's on my way to Charleston. So if I, if I go to Charleston, I could just. But I my schedule is so fucked for the next two months. Is it? Yeah. Where are you going? Um, well, I'm here all week. I'm home for one day on Saturday, and then next week I'm off, technically, but I'm working still. Oh, you're going to Colorado? I'm going to go Are to, you doing that? Yeah. 
You're still doing that? Yeah, it's a 623 now. It's you're you're going to go run a 623 for Shay Stutzman for a week? Yep. That's what I'm doing. So tune in for that. thought you were smarter than that. Well, he seems pretty stoked about it, though. Oh, I'm he's, sure, I'm he's sure. super stoked. Yeah. yeah. Like, Dane, 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 what did he get? That one 627? <laughs> and he was fired up about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. It's a big deal. for. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud to be a part of it because it's like a, the last big earth-moving job in Aspen. Really? Yeah. It's like, well, how how long is he running the scraper for? Because I'll be up like there the weeks. following week. You'll, it'll be there the following week. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm so I'm so stoked to see the jobs they do. They're very unique. They're doing a lot of. He said they just been on a bunch of um like three to five story demo work mm. because now they're removing anything that's not a historical structure to make it more bigger. Yeah. Really wild place. Um, so the the project that I'm going to work on is like. Probably the largest single-family estate I've ever, easily one of the most expensive pieces of real estate I've ever witnessed. Aspen's some of the most expensive real estate in the United States. It's it's wild. By, by like those are per square foot some of the most expensive houses. That's period ex- in the it's United expensive States. Expensive to travel there. Tell you that. Yeah, that was. We, we I hate that. I didn't realize it was like a three and a half hour drive from Denver. That's gonna suck. You flying into Denver? No, but it's a super pretty drive. You yeah. you go through the mountains the whole time. Yeah. So the whole time you're like, whoa. Yeah. Well, you should have waited the next week because then I go to the reservoir project. Um, I wanted to wait another week because I had stuff to do next week, but he has to start it next week. So is that the one that, that's the Kiwit project? Barnard. No. Kiwit has another one back there. I think no. they're starting in a little bit. Kiwit is doing the interstate through downtown Denver right now. That's the big key at one Colorado. I know Jace is working on something. Yeah, he's on I-70. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an I-70 project. Mm-hmm. With the D-10s? What? He's got D-10s, 390s, and triple sevens now. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I, maybe I think, he I might think, be up in the reservoir. I think he's up there. Ah. Yeah, because he got he moved divisions. Really? Yeah, he's not on the... That's it's not the, on the foundation division anymore. Oh, that's the tricky thing about Kiwit is there's all different divisions and then there's different regions too. Right. So you can be like I applied <clears throat> with the Northwest District instead of the Southwest District because I wanted to get the hell out of Arizona. But the problem is the Northwest District will go bid a job in like Vegas, which oh. is Southwest. Yeah. But it's a Northwest District job. Interesting. It's That's stupid. I, I don't know how it works. It all, I guess, it's all keyword at the end of the day. It's all the same name on the hard hat, but they're they're just a monster. Um, is this a Monday episode? No, this is a regular episode. Unfortunately, yeah. for anybody listening, damn, that's a, so you got to listen to me for an hour. Um, so I I think I'm the Joey Diaz of this podcast now. Uh, what do you mean? Like you know how Joey Diaz is always on the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> I'm the fill-in guy. So when Joe needs somebody, Joey, what are you doing? Come on over. But it's it's very entertaining. I'm not as entertaining as Joey. I I do. I, thankfully, I don't have some of the stories that he has to tell. <clears throat> how do you um? How do you explain the the dirt world? How do I explain it, like to new people? Yeah. Um. So, I try to make it somewhere between elementary and fundamental. Like, I try to find that fine line of, like, the dirt world is something that, you know, we really can't live without. Can't do anything without, you know, earth moving, utilities, 
uh, mining. I mean, that all it all falls into the dirt world. So try to just do the best I can to explain um, the primary purpose of everything and why we need it to exist. Yeah. Um, I, my favorite is like utilities. I think that's like the eye-opening part for people is like you have, you know, three to five utilities running into your house and all those wouldn't be possible without a pipe crew. You know what I mean? So there's huge infrastructure just behind getting natural gas to your house. Yeah. Like just the complexity of getting natural gas from somewhere like the middle of nowhere, Texas mm-hmm. to your house in Tennessee. I'm yeah. not, I'm not saying that's where it would come from, but it's possible. Just the complexity of that. Yep. <clears throat> that's all. That's a lot. But the problem with utilities our generation and previous generations, we've always had utilities. Yes. We've always grown up with power. So it's taken for granted. And water yeah. and air conditioning mm-hmm. and heating. We've always had that. It's yeah. like freedom in the United States. I didn't recognize how important it is until I started leaving mm-hmm. and going to other countries. It's like, yeah, you can't just say whatever the hell you want. Here, oh, yeah. Or else you go to prison. Yeah. And it's like. It's crazy. Holy shit. Yeah. I did not. I did not oh, appreciate yeah. that. You went to China that one time too. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? I forgot about that. That was like one of the first trips you did. That was one of the eye-opening things. Was like, wow, this is really different than the United States. Yeah. Like, I can't. I could not say Build Back Better is really stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> or else I would disappear. Yeah, gulag. Bye bye. Yeah. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't. While riding my bicycle, be like, Build Back Better, baby. You know, making fun of diesel prices, for example. Not that. <laughs> That 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 they're they're not they're not all that correlated, but uh-huh. you still just like to be like yeah, it's yeah, fun to say yeah yeah, yeah. yeah build that better going great man <laughs> we're we're killing it um uh, uh, meanwhile, meanwhile I'm driving the truck <laughs> but you utilities are the same thing you just you don't appreciate them until your power goes off and you're just like oh, what yeah. what do, what do I do yeah. like you don't have power like I didn't have power for three days that was the longest I had been without power in my house it was. It was a pain in the ass. Sucks. Pain in the ass. It sucks. And I was the whole time like, man, I'm worthless. Mm-hmm. I am totally worthless. Yeah, because you don't have a, a generating station in your backyard. Well, I bought a generator. Well, for that reason. You can't power your whole house. though. No. But when I go build a house one day, I am going to have a backup generator. Mm-hmm. That'll be permanently wired into the house. Um. With a 50,000 gallon bulk diesel tank buried under my lawn. Don't fill it up today. <laughs> Don't fill it up today. Um, yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of, that's kind of what I go over with that stuff. Um, that's something I was going to say, but I forgot. Do you go over, do you go over the equipment in this? No. So I stopped doing that because that's where I lose people, believe it or not. Really? Going over equipment. So. I changed it up a little bit because in the beginning I would start with equipment and work my way into the rest of it. And it is easier for, for me to let people figure out what equipment fits where and then let them ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I also started, so this, this video that we just did is going to be, um, so I used to do it live with the, with the, the onboarding group. So people would come into our business. I would, 
teach them about the dirt world and then yeah. they would go about their way. <clears throat> and you'd be sitting in your garage and I would sit your, in my garage. Your mom yep. would walk in yep. randomly halfway yep. through and yeah, yeah. 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 What what are you doing in here? I'm like, I'm kinda busy. Yeah, I'm at work right now. She's like, Oh, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm talking to people. <laughs> I'm in a meeting. Um, fun stuff. Um then we recorded it. I did a I did a live recording on my my laptop where I just did the same thing I normally would. Um, and that sucked too. So they've been dealing with that for a while. So Nikki wanted me to go and um, make it more professional, more better. Yeah, more better. So we made it more better. Um, and now it's actually, I'm I'm pushing for it to live inside of the training app, mm-hmm. so that it can, you know, be be easier to digest. It's gonna be like almost like micro learning, um, chunked out, <laughs> and. Okay, great. Congratulations. You're an experienced operator. Why the hell would I ever need to learn that? Mm-hmm. But if you're more intelligent than like a an ape, mm-hmm. you start to realize, well, there's a lot of other people here that support the dirt world that don't necessarily work in the dirt world day to day and understand it. Yeah. So it's like you hire, a lot of times a company will hire a CFO, for example. They yeah. start to grow. They need a CFO. A CFO is a very important, that's a very important role in a a construction company. Mm-hmm. Very, very important role. But they could be from... They don't uh, know a thing about construction. Yeah, a car dealership, Yeah, for all you know. Yep. Don't know a single thing about construction. Being <laughs> able to put them through the introductory course, huge, huge value. Mm-hmm. Huge value. Yeah, 100%. Um, I thought about that. I wanted to gear it more towards like... CFOs? Yeah, I'm a big CFO guy. <laughs> Um, I wanted, I wanted to gear it more towards like people from outside the industry as a whole. So you could give it to like, um, project managers that may not have experience in this field, like office mm. staff, HR people. Yeah. But I couldn't like talk about BuildWit and that. So I'm going to have to film it again, which sucks, but is what it is. I think that's fine though. To film it again or to just give it to them as it is? No, no, no. To to do it again. Oh, yeah. If you that do was a again, very low-cost operation, so I don't care. Yeah. It was in, literally in the parking lot of her office. So. The most expensive thing about that was the skid steer. Yeah, the most expensive part was me moving skid steer to get it there, which probably cost like $1,000. Pretty pretty hefty mope cost. You got to build your cost of the job in the mope <laughs> so you get paid up front. <laughs> Estimator 101, come on. <laughs> get yeah. your shit together. Yeah. Why, why is the mope $250,000? Uh, well, well, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to pay us or not. I was on the dredging project I was out at last week. They were talking about that because you have to, how capital intensive it is. Oh. Because you're working for the government. Where were you at last week? In Louisiana. It's like the bottom of the Mississippi River, where the Mississippi River splits off into three. Oh. Oh, wow. Like, you were way down there. The very bottom. Is that, oh, so they call it the end of the world for a reason, huh? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was That's called crazy. End of the World. Wow. But they were talking about how there's not very many dredging companies because it's so, it, it requires so much capital. Mm-hmm. So you need your dredge. Good luck buying a dredge. You can't just go rent one of those mm-hmm. or buy one at auction at Ritchie Brothers. Hey, Ritchie Brothers, you got any hopper dredges available or yeah. cutter dredges or whatever? I'm starting to learn my dredges. Yeah. Big dredge. Um, then... You have all the yellow iron. Mm-hmm. You can't go rent any of it. You have to go buy it all. Yeah. Because you're putting it in water and sand. So no rental company is going to rent you 
a D6 yep. to go work in water and sand. Mm -hmm. Because if you've ever seen a dredging machine after six months of work, there's no more paint on it. Yeah. It's not a happy, <laughs> it's not a happy time for an equipment manager. No, no, no. And they all break all the time. I mean, that is one of the most abusive, if not the most abusive application for a machine other than like a cement facility or demolition slag. I think it's even worse than demolition. I think demolition, demolition beats is, something up. Demolition has operator-based error. That's operator error, whereas this is like you can be the best yeah. operator in the world, the environment, yeah. landfills, trash. Yeah, true. But <clears throat> um, so you have to have all the equipment, all the equipment, and then all the, the, the dredging-specific equipment, and then the government doesn't pay you 30, 60, 90 days sometimes. Mm -hmm. So you have to float the first 60, 90 days of the job until you get paid. Yeah. That first payment. Crazy. That's a lot of money. A lot of money you're putting in up front before you see a single dollar. So the, the big thing that kind of fucks those guys too is weather. Because if it's yeah. if the water is any bit choppy, they gotta pull the dredge out. And then yeah. the job behind. Well, fortunately they're, they're on such a time crunch because of the turtles in a lot of cases. <laughs> like all the time. I'm like, uh, hey, when's that job wrapping up? And he's like, Well, the turtles start mating soon, so we're done. I'm like, dude. Man, um, a whole job based on turtles. <laughs> so this one, they had a whole bird crew out there. Oh, my God. Because they couldn't let the birds nest on the sand. So they got to chase the birds away. <laughs> so, so they had a bunch of fake seagulls on sticks that would sit there and, like, fly around. Oh, my and then, God. And then they would sit there and they would drive, like, weave around the, 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 the beach that they were creating to scare the birds off. And then they would take a tractor with a disc and wow, disc the whole beach to stir up the sand so the birds couldn't nest effectively on it. Huh. And then they had the little reflectors scattered. I mean, they were doing everything to scare the damn birds. That's away. gnarly. Yeah. 24 wow. hours a day. 20 oh, they're doing 24 hours a day bird scaring. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, if you come back the next day and there's a bunch of birds that set up shop, then you just, you have to rope the area wow. off and you're, you, you can't go there anymore. Can you imagine? <laughs> Imagine getting paid $40 an hour to chase birds around. Someone's got to do it. Can you imagine making your fortune on bird chasing? Someone's got to do it. Hey, man, how'd you buy that truck? Well, I'll tell you what. I chased birds around for 20 years. You That's can, it. You can do a lot of things. Do you, <clears throat> I asked them, speaking of weather, hurricanes. Mm. So if a hurricane comes through there, guess where they put all their equipment? Um, On a barge? On a barge. And they take it away. Well, they take it away or leave it, but... Equipment on a barge. Oh, it'll float if it gets flooded. Exactly. Oh, shit. Yeah. Huh. So your equipment can't flood on a barge. I was wow. like, well, isn't that a slick little hack? Yeah. Yeah, very rarely do they actually mobilize equipment by land. Mm -hmm. They'll barge it right onto the shore. They'll yeah. just keep going up and down the shore. Yeah, the so they just throw everything else, throw everything yeah. on the barge. And then all those steel pipes, Yep. they, 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 they yeah, tie they them all them. together. Well, they tie them all together when a hurricane comes through. Oh, when a hurricane. Oh. Yeah, so they don't get picked up and thrown everywhere. Oh, wow. Yeah. They have a special name for those things. Um, they're not standpipes. They're um, chimney pipes. It was Stop fascinating. Stove pipe? Yeah, stove it was pipe. something like that. They have some weird name for those well, things. And so. They, they go together really weird, too. They, yeah. They're because, unlike any other pipe I've ever seen. Well, it's like. Because they're like for quick disassembly and also they have Putting to, straws together. You know, you kind of have yeah. to like bend one part of the straw. Yeah. So it's a little bit more narrow. Yeah. It's weird because they have to like go together quickly and be modular, but also there's like literal tons of pressure 
yes. on them. Well, it's and crazy. I, I asked him, I was like, do you guys just use HDPE? He's like, no, HDPE wouldn't work. Yeah. It has to be steel. There's only, okay, speaking of like, this is a great example of like half-assed dredging companies and stuff. There's this one company that I went and visited one time, and they actually used HTPE for their, their little baby dredge that they had. And they could only, it would suck because they had to push the sand further because they had it welded together in sections, and they would have to couple it together with like the special coupler that they built. Dang. And they had, they had, instead of like, you know, with the stovepipe deal, you can go like every 20 feet and keep marching down the beach. Yeah. These guys had to do hundred foot sections at a time. That sucks. Yeah. Big time. That was a really messed up operation. Well, the interesting thing about the steel pipe too was that, so they'll use the same pipe from the dredge. They, the dredge was like 30 something thousand feet away. So they had 30,000 feet there. of pipe. Usually yeah. it's only like a mile. Well, it was a lot of land they had to cross Whoa. to get to the Mississippi River. So the, they switched. Out of the Mississippi? Yeah, they were dredging out of the Mississippi. They're getting sand? Yes. Out of the Mississippi? Yeah. Not beautiful, clay. Beautiful, pure sand. Not pluff mud. Mm-mm. Whoa. So, but, but the pipes, the newest pipes will go closest to the dredge, and then they'll pull those and go put those onto the beach as they wear. Because you're pumping sand through these steel pipes, right. which is essentially just sandblasting the interior of the pipe constantly. Yeah. So the, the, the pipe wears over time. And as it wears, then they take the older pipes and put them on the beach because those pipes get the shit kicked out of them. Hmm. I, oh. got, I got like the full education last week, and it was unbelievably fascinating. Thank you, Weeks <clears throat> Marine. Yeah, thanks to Weeks Marine, man. They, oh. were, they were the nicest people. Huh. So helpful. So helpful. They're like, we, we, we can take as much time as you'd like. They were, wow. they were fantastic. I could not, I, I wrote them an email after. I'm like, thank you guys. Cause that was so kind of you. That's awesome. So nice. Yeah. Hmm. And then they can, they can place up to 120,000 yards a day. Damn. 120,000 yards of material a day. Dredges are no joke. With D6s. No joke. People say the most efficient way to move dirt is with a scraper. It's with a pipe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the cost per yard is pretty high. Oh, big time. I'm not going to talk about it on a podcast because yeah. I don't know if that's information I should talk about, but it's way higher than moving it with a 349. And I mean, what truck. are they going to do? Go after the work? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to be able to bid it. And I don't think it was their exact numbers. I just yeah. asked for like, kind of like roughly. Yeah. That's probably ridiculous. But um, within the ballpark, that's great. It's, it's actually quite a bit, quite a bit higher than just a truck. An excavator. Um, Red. I did not have the the same week last week. You know, pretty not so fun time. Did you guys? Did are we gonna have to redo all that? Um, did we even get no. We we made it work. We made it work. Really? It just rained the whole first day, and yeah, that is what it is. Welcome to. I was just. I was standing there talking to Angel, and I was looking at my phone. He's like, "What's wrong?" I was like, "Well." One crew's out in California watching scrapers, and one crew's in the beach watching dozers, and I'm sitting here shooting a rental Takauchi. <laughs> so he's like, yeah. oh. No, that son of a bitch was drinking beer in Germany a few weeks ago. Yeah. He's like, this sucks. I'm like, you just got off like the best trip ever. Yeah, Mr. Poopy Pants. Yeah. As well, we, uh, sitting in a French vineyard at a castle eating sandwiches on like a Wednesday freaking guy. a few weeks ago. Yeah. That must, was that an expensive trip? I don't even know. 
Oh, dope. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I don't think it was that much. Uh, oh. You're really stepping into the CEO role hard, aren't you? Just well, lean into that. <laughs> so I don't think plane tickets were that expensive. I don't I, I really don't think it was for for how much we got out of it, like well worth yeah. well worth whatever. Well, we spent. So that was for I don't live all that lavishly. On no. travel because it's a grind. No, dude. I probably spend more food, more on food a day than you do in a week. Yeah, I don't, and I don't even eat that much. Um, I'm not Mr. Big Shot. Um, I'm still the lowest paid on the leadership team. Same. Um, <laughs> was the what was Eberhard doing? Some kind of like construction? What was it like a construction days or something? Construction. Wasn't it like an event they were having? It was like a whole model show. Oh, so it was a show. It was okay. a whole scale model. I thought show. they were like showing off the company itself. Oh, so this was like a diecast deal. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I asked Shay, I was like, how much do you think you're going to spend this weekend? And he told me, I was like, hmm? yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. You can spend some coin on these models. Yeah. Yeah. Coin. Well, we were, um, we were at that Lakeside show and they had like, like vendors and things set up. So like people with like antique equipment related items and a lot of like antique toys and things and i was hanging with my buddy rob and um we walked in there and he's a big like collector he loves all this cat stuff he's got like a whole warehouse back in florida full of shit and um i walked away from him for like two minutes to go talk to somebody and i came back he looks at me he goes and he spent like five grand like what did you buy in here for five grand yeah it's like well i bought the and it was like this much stuff like two boxes i'm like dude it's you have insane. a problem. Well, there were some models in there that were like 30, 40, 50 grand. Yeah. Each. Crazy. Each. Crazy shit. They have the, they, I'm pretty sure they have like the biggest collection in the world though. Eberhard. So they had about 3,000 models at the museum, but total with the people that own the company, apparently it's like 10 to 12,000 models. I had an idea yesterday. That's a lot of models. That's a lot of models. What? I had an idea yesterday. Okay. Build so my dad, museum? my dad was like, we should build. We should make a table like Hoopa has for the conference room, but mm-hmm. not for the, like for the next office. And I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, we could probably do a floor in a hallway. That would be cool. Like you're you're walking on glass, but it's like like a, like a strip mine or something under but your feet. The, the only problem with the floor. It would get scratched up. It gets scratched up. You'd have to replace the plexiglass and shit. Mm-hmm. Unless you made it like regular glass. Yeah, but then that's so I gotta fucking look into expensive it. because I gotta it look needs into to be it. thick enough to support the weight. Yeah, I got to look into it. But we could do we could build something like that for training. Yeah. Like build giant dioramas with different scenarios for training purposes. I want to build like the Cabela's Mountain of training. Like, <laughs> you know, how, like Cabela's has their like you walk in, it's like. This is the the winter section with yeah. the with the elk, and then this is like the desert section. Like I want to build that indoors, but like you can like a a, a diorama is great. And it kind of occurred to me when I was I think I was at Edwards, and they have like literal just like plastic tubs of sandboxes and like one of those models in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is cool, but it's not like showing me exactly what I want to see. But if I could like step out there and touch like. A one-fifth scale of the world. Mm. Mm. Like physically walking up to it and showing somebody like, yes, this is this is a proper bench. Yeah. Because the smaller in scale you make it, the harder it is to portray what needs to happen. That makes sense. I think yeah. we I think we could do that. I think we could do that. 
I don't see why not. I mean, we have a whole airport hangar to work with now. Of a building. Well. Hopefully. Hopefully. Can we put it all within a Bass Pro Shops pyramid? Um, or could we just buy the Bass Pro Shops pyramid? We could have. Is that going to be the dirt both headquarters? Before. Memphis, Tennessee. That is almost the middle of the United States. Um, It's going to get really expensive to live there pretty soon. Because of Ford? Because of Ford. Yeah, but FedEx has been there forever. So it's not like it's. And dude. Is it Memphis kind of sketchy? Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. Cost of living. I don't think it's that high to begin with. Ah. There's um, some shadier parts of that city. When I visited Mobile Track Solutions in El Cater, El Cater is metropolis, pretty middle of nowhere, United States of America. And I was like, wow, this town is very homey. I would love to live here. I started looking at the cost of houses. I was like, whoa, I can buy these houses for like seven bucks. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. But you're in a hot. Iowa. You're in Iowa? Mm-hmm. Then you have to, like, I think Des Moines was the airport I used. I have to drive two hours to Des Moines. It's pretty close to Wisconsin and Minnesota, too. Yeah, there's, though. like, no, you could, there's, like, ten different combinations of ways to get there. Because I've looked into going there. I just talked to someone that spent a day or two with John Warner the other day. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So I want to do, um, I think, like, July or August, I want to do... I'm trying to like mix it into the vlog as as we figure that out, but I want to do like an Iowa tour, so it would be Mackinich, mm. Elder Corp, mm. Moynia, and then at Moynia you could do Mobile Track Solutions and the Earth Moving Legacy Center. Would Mackinich be chill with us coming out? Yeah, we almost had them for training. Really? So I'm gonna do. I was planning August or September like a Midwest tour. Yeah. So we can make that happen oh, i could do, easily add that in invite as well maybe yeah. do like a two week yeah no you could definitely do that um because i would love to do a day with john moyna he and make a vlog episode with just him and he's so cool he, mm-hmm. he's like down for anything honestly um it's so funny i was i was um uh justin who's the president of mobile track solutions i was talking to the other day and he's like he was talking about John doing something. I was like, oh, so I guess the retirement program's going pretty well. Because he was supposed to retire last August. I was like, like that don't retire. No. They go till. He's got all <clears> kinds <throat> of stuff going till on. Till the end, yeah. Yeah, he'd be he'd be an interesting one to meet for sure. Apparently he travels quite a bit too. That's job sites. Yeah. Yeah, he loves being out there. Well, that's how he, they got started in Florida. Because they have like uh-huh. a whole, I think he was like on vacation or something down there. And P&J was like looking for scrapers. Course. And that he like, it's such a wild story of how they got involved in that, dude. The, the Ford project looks so cool. I'm trying to get out there too. I don't. The powers to be might not make that happen. Mm. We can get out. We can get out there, but we can't film anything. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah, yeah. I can get to a lot of places. Yeah. Okay. And and a lot of people, like, oh yeah, I could help you get out to that job site or that mine or this. It's like, yes, okay. I appreciate that, and and that's awesome. Can't do anything. Yeah, yeah, but but pictures and videos—that's a whole different, whole different conversation. So right now they have ten. They have ten. They have ten cat haul trucks with scrapers on them. With the big scrapers. Yep. They have. Um, (laughs) they're pushing them with a ten. I would love to know how many transmissions they go through. That's a good question on that project. See, the problem with pulling the scrapers, I don't know how it keeps happening. 
The problem with pulling scrapers with a truck, the truck is not designed to pull. No. To pull that way. It's designed to haul. It's yeah. not designed to pull. I don't know. I don't know if it voids the warranty or what, but so the truck's not designed to do what you're doing Volvo with it. Volvo partners with them. Partners with K-Tech. To I know, but Volvo, like every truck that they've done it with has had problems. It's not just a cat thing. It's a Volvo. Yeah. Th- like every truck they've tried to pull scrapers with, it typically does not go well. They just, they go through transmissions. They go through electronics, everything. So when I was running them, I had the Volvo K-Tech package and we kept going through drop boxes. Like we'd go through a drop box a week between four scrapers, which is it's something fucking expensive. Yes, I I just don't and know how you pencil the dollars out on it. I guess uh, you just you make so much money. Yeah, you just the cost per yard so low that okay, great, hey, it broke, whatever. We were we got to the point where like a dealer rep came out and was like showing us how to use them, and they said, okay, let's try when you get into the cut because we were pushing them with a one fifty five. It's not a very big dozer. It's big enough for that. Yeah. It's a D8. Is it an eight size? Yeah. They're weird. Um, so they were like, put the trucks in neutral. Don't touch the diff. Just run the just operate the scraper part and let the dozer do all the work. Yes. Which in theory sounds good, but it's very slow. Mm-hmm. And you have to take very long cuts. That's the that's the only way to not ruin the truck because the yeah, truck is it. not designed for that. Now it's a ru- completely different force. Well, now you're you're not really ruining a <clears> dozer, <throat> but you have to have the right person in the dozer then. And a big dozer. And you have to have a guy that understands that the dozer isn't super capable in that application when you're jamming the ball all the way in the ground. Because mm-hmm. we had a couple guys that like put the ball all the way in the ground and the dozer <laughs> just spinning its tracks. It's like just... An in, an immovable force meets an unstoppable object. And it's like, mm-hmm. hey, idiots, stop that, please. We don't need to be taking two feet yeah. <laughs> per pass. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I don't, to me, like, the most efficient, I've, I've, as much as I've traveled, like, the most efficient operation you can have is a 631 fleet. Whatever Bemis is doing. I would agree. That is like. If well, I, other than a drag line. Other than the drag line. By cost per yard, but yes. Yes, if you have the ability to. Without, no mining applications aside. Yeah. 631s, 651s. Yep. I, I, who was I talking about? California style. I was talking to somebody about this the other day, how um, there's, there's been a shift. It was somebody from Georgia. Um, (sighs) There's a shift in, you know, everything used to be. It was somebody from Yancey at my dad's shop. That was a while ago. Um, there's a shift from scraper packages to hoe and truck packages. Yes. Across the board. Like everything used to be scraper work. It's not just, it's not just Georgia. It was like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everything was either scraper work and or like shovel work. Like there used to be a lot more shovels than you see nowadays. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, you know. We're doing two million yard jobs at three seventy fours. Yeah, Kiwit used to run like fifty two thirties, and now their big mainline production machine is like a three seventy four yeah. or a three ninety. Yeah, like I see a three ninety nowadays. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. What else you got? Anything uh-huh. else? I know. Like, I, yeah. And and the thing is, it's like there's two reasons behind it. Number one is cost, and number two, the cost of maintenance and and owning the operation. And number two is is finding people to put in seats. 
Oh well, yeah, yeah. Because with a truck avail- availability, mob availability. Yeah, a truck package, you only need two skilled guys. You need an operator for the excavator, and you need an operator in the fill. The problem with scrapers, it's a skilled position all the way around. But no one wants, no one skilled wants to do it. Exactly. And so you get exactly. all the amateurs yep. into scrapers, but it's not an amateur to do it right. Mm-hmm. You you need to know what the hell you're doing, and to watch a scraper operator that knows what the hell is going on and a whole spread that knows what the hell is going on, yep. it is a magical, magical sight. Yes. But that is far and few between. It's only California and Arizona. Yeah. Or Colorado. Yeah. Like, you have to go out west to see scrapers that run properly. But out, like, east of the Mississippi, it's yep. ugly. Yeah. <laughs> it's ugly. Yeah. There's there's some bad stuff. Um, And it's not, I don't know, like, to me, I picked it up really quick when I first got in one. And I didn't even start run- I was running one of those K-Techs the first time I ran one, so I wasn't even running a real scraper. It's not rocket mechanics. I mean, it's it's like, to me, it's like, I don't know, it's so simple. But people struggle with it so bad. I think it's because they can't see the whole machine or something. I don't, mm. I don't know what it is about it, but it's just, it's not much of a science. Yeah. Move dirt. Don't spin the wheels. Go fast. That's it. Just rip, baby. Yeah, follow the dozer if you have a dozer. Um, I am going to have to go do mission. So I guess we can just wrap it. And if we want to come back, we can. But otherwise, I don't think, do we need to come back? Yeah, we got There's a lot of good stuff in there. Is that good enough? 55 minutes of dirt talk? Yeah. Check. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to go do our mission onboarding. Okay. Oh, oh, you got to do that. Yeah. 10 floor. Okay. Well, um, this has been fun. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Yeah. Until the next one. Waffle House, hit me up. <laughs>